If you want your dream to be, build it slow and surely. Small beginning, greater end. Heartfelt work grows purely. If you want to live life free, take your time, go slowly. Do few things, but do them well. Simple joys are holy. Day by day, stone by stone, build your secret slowly. Day by day, you'll grow too. You'll know heaven's glory. This is David Russell and your faith anew. Welcome to additional lesson number five of the Virgin Mary and the Kingdom of the Divine Will by Louisa Picaretta. The 31 lessons of what we affectionately call the Queen Book were given to Louisa in the late 1920s for a period of several weeks. Louisa would ask the lady assisting her to close the curtain around her bed at 4 p.m. each day. At that time, the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother and Queen of the Divine Will, would come from heaven and place herself at the foot of Louisa's bed, imparting to her the lessons contained in this book. A certain priest who read these lessons at that time noticed there were episodes in the life of the Holy Family which had not been addressed in the lessons. He inquired of Louisa the reason, and she, in turn, asked Our Lady about this matter. Consequently, the Holy Virgin gave six additional lessons which are now being presented here on Your Faith Anew. In the show notes, you'll find today's lesson with a single click. You may choose to pause the podcast, open the file, and when ready, press play to follow along. We begin in the will and name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Virgin Mary in the Kingdom of the Divine Will by Louisa Picaretta Additional Lesson Number 5 The Queen of Heaven in the Kingdom of the Divine Will Visit to the Temple Mary, Model of Prayer The Loss of Jesus Joys and Sorrows The Soul to its Heavenly Mother Holy Mother, your maternal love calls me to you with ever mightier voice. I see you already busy, ready to depart from Nazareth. My mother, do not leave me. Take me with you, and I will listen with attention to your other sublime lessons. Lesson of the Queen of Heaven Beloved daughter, your company and the diligence which you show upon hearing my heavenly lessons, in order to imitate me, are the most pure joys that you can give to my maternal heart. I rejoice because I can share the immense riches of my inheritance with you. Giving a glance, now to Jesus and now to me, pay attention to me. I will narrate to you an episode of my life which, 
although it had a consoling outcome, nevertheless was most bitter for me. Consider that if the divine volition had not given me continual and new sips of strength and of grace, I would have died of pure agony. We continued to live life in the quiet little house of Nazareth, and my dear son grew in grace and in wisdom. He was attractive due to the sweetness and for the gentleness of his voice, for the sweet enchantment of his eyes, for the amiability of all his person. Yes, my son was truly comely, most fair. Not long before, he had reached the age of twelve, when, according to custom, the trip was made to Jerusalem to solemnize the Passover. He, St. Joseph, and I set out. Very often, while we proceeded devoutly and recollectedly, my Jesus broke the silence and spoke to us now and again of his heavenly Father and the immense love which he nourished in his heart for souls. At Jerusalem, we went straight to the temple, and upon arriving, we prostrated ourselves face to the ground. We profoundly adored God, and we prayed at length. Our prayer was so fervent and recollected that it opened the heavens, attracted and bound the Heavenly Father, and therefore accelerated the reconciliation between Him and men. Now, my daughter, I want to confide to you a pain which tortures me. Unfortunately, there are many who go, in fact, to church to pray, but the prayer that they address to God stops upon their lips because their hearts and minds flee far from Him. How many go to church for mere habit or to uselessly pass the time? These close heaven rather than open it. And how numerous are the irreverences which are committed in the house of God? How many scourges would not be spared in the world? And how many chastisements would not be converted into graces if all souls did their utmost to imitate our example? Only the prayer that springs from a soul in which the divine will reigns, acts in an irresistible way upon the heart of God. It is so powerful as to vanquish him and to obtain from him the maximum graces. Therefore, take care to live in the divine volition, and your mother, who loves you, will grant to your prayer the rights of her powerful intercession. After having fulfilled our duty in the temple and having celebrated the Passover, we prepared to make the return to Nazareth. In the confusion of the crowd, we lost each other. I remained with the women, and Joseph joined the men. I looked around to make sure my dear Jesus had come with me, but, not having seen him, I thought he had remained with his father Joseph. What was not? Instead, the amazement and the anxiety that I felt when, having arrived at the point in which we were to reunite, I did not see him at his side. Unaware of what had happened, we felt such fright 
and such pain that we both remained mute. Crushed by the pain, we hastily returned anxiously, asking all whom we encountered, For pity's sake, tell us if you have seen Jesus, our Son, because we can no longer live without him. And crying, we described his features. He is all amiable. His beautiful eyes sparkle light and speak to the heart. His gaze strikes and raptures in chains. His forehead is majestic. His countenance is comely, of an enchanting beauty. His most sweet voice descends into the heart and sweetens all bitterness. His hair, curly as most fine gold, renders him fair, gracious. In him all is majesty, dignity, sanctity. He is the most fair among the children of men. Nevertheless, in spite of all our inquiries, no one could help us. The pain that I suffered worsened so much as to make me cry bitterly and as to open profound rents in my soul in every instant, which caused me true agonies of death. Dear daughter, if Jesus was my son, he was also my God. Therefore, my pain was all in the divine order, that is to say, so powerful and immense as to surpass all other possible torments united together. If the fiat that I possessed had not sustained me continually with its divine force, I would have died of dismay. Seeing that no one could give us information, I anxiously inquired of the angels that surrounded me. But tell me, where is my beloved Jesus? Ah, tell him that I can no longer continue like this. Bring him to me upon your wings into my arms. For pity's sake, my angels, have pity on my tears. Come to my aid. Bring me Jesus. In the meantime, all searching having proved vain, we returned to Jerusalem. After the three days of most bitter sighs, of tears, of anxieties, and of fears, we entered into the temple. I was all eyes and searched everywhere when, behold, overcome, as it were, by jubilation, I finally perceived my son who was in the midst of the doctors of the law. He spoke with such wisdom and majesty as to astonish and surprise all who listened to him. Upon merely seeing him, I felt life return in me, and I immediately understood the hidden reason of his loss. And now, just a word to you, most dear daughter. In this mystery, my son wanted to give to you and to me a sublime teaching. Could you, perhaps, even imagine that he ignored that which I suffered? On the contrary, he knew it well because my tears, my searchings, my cruel and intense pain echoed 
in his heart. Nevertheless, during those hours so painful, he sacrificed his own mother, she who loved him so, to his divine will, to demonstrate to me how I, too, one day would have to sacrifice his very life to the supreme volition. In this unspeakable pain, I did not forget you, my beloved, considering that it was to serve as example to you. I kept it at your disposition so that at the proper moment you might have the strength to sacrifice everything to the divine will. No sooner did Jesus finish speaking than we reverently drew near to him and gave him sweet reproof. Son, why did you do this to us? And he, with divine dignity, responded to us. Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I have come into the world to glorify my Father? Having understood the high meaning of such a response, and having adored the divine volition in it, we returned to Nazareth. Daughter of my maternal heart, listen. When I lost my Jesus, the sorrow that I suffered was most intense. Still, to this there was added a second, that is, that of your own becoming lost. Indeed, foreseeing that you would go far from the divine will, I felt at once deprived of my son and of my daughter, and therefore my maternity suffered a double blow. My daughter, when you are on the point of doing your will instead of that of God, consider that by abandoning the divine fiat, you are about to lose Jesus and me and to precipitate into the kingdom of miseries and of vices. Therefore, keep the word you gave me to remain indissolubly united to me, and I will grant you the grace of never again letting yourself be dominated by your volition, but exclusively by that divine. The Soul Holy Mother, I tremble upon thinking of the abysses into which my will is capable of precipitating me. On its account, I can lose you. I can be deprived of Jesus and all heavenly goods. Mother, if you do not help me, if you do not gird me with the power of the light of the divine will, I feel that it is not possible for me to live with constancy on divine will. Therefore, I place all my hope in you. I trust in you. I hope for all from you. So be it. Little Flower You will recite three Hail Marys to compassionate the intense sorrow that I suffered during the three days in which I was deprived of my Jesus. Exclamation Holy Mother, grant me to lose my will forever to live 
and the divine volition alone. We conclude this episode in the will and name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.